Welcome to The Event Brew, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Welcome back to another episode of Event Brew. We've got a small third of the brew crew. Uh, uh, it's a small subset today. Small uh, but mighty. Small but mighty. mighty I'm not very mighty. You, pre, you guys are mighty. Pre-holiday, pre-the um, official start of the retail season, if you will. Um, uh, yeah, a little end of... End of uh, November before we really kick off the holiday season, brew crew. You know, someone's probably listening to this in April and they're like, "Oh man, this is so old." Yes. No, it's yes. not. We don't are evergreen. Don't pay attention to Deanna making references to <laughs> season-specific things. Um, this episode was um, recorded in another time, space, and dimension, and it is evergreen. Um, <laughs> I like the dimension part. Like, this is the dimension where. <laughs> This is the dimension where it is relevant because these are the big ideas. Yes. Biggest ideas. Exactly. Do you guys see everything everywhere all at once? This is the dimension where uh, yeah, hot dogs for fingers. I haven't seen that movie. I've heard references to it. And now I'm even like more curious. So right. the you answer to yeah. did you ever see is always no. No. Me. <laughs> <laughs> like I like you live I, on a remote island. Well, and I just I'm like, I'm not relevant in all those ways that make you easy to talk to you know in casual conversation so probably didn't see it but i'd love to hear about it it's it's, it's a good one it's a good one we'll, we'll fix that so every everyone's homework watch everything everywhere all at once tonight sold <laughs> i also um need to see uh the new marvel movie that came out recently but again this Ooh. is being released uh uh evergreen so Whatever Marvel movie is currently out, I need to see that movie. What's funny is like every month you literally could be talking about a movie that I was supposed to come out that month. So Exactly, exactly. Um, so just curious, uh, just to introduce the crew who we got with us today. Ariana, uh, and what are you drinking today? Well, Deanna, today I am drinking uh, double fisting per usual because that's on brand, uh, Spindrift Lime and mm. a Spindrift Grapefruit, both of these being inferior flavors, but they were within reach. Mm. That's sometimes what's uh, convenient is always the best beverage to go with. Uh, what about yourself, Mr. Kern? I'm drinking some delectable, high-quality Snapple peach tea. Ooh. Yeah, full of sugar. I think it was actually the first episode of Emperor we recorded, I think, like or like one of the first ones that we did at IMAX, we did it in person, and I was drinking like this huge thing of Snapple, and uh, I got shamed into drinking too much sugar. Have you noticed how the theme of this show is to shame? It doesn't matter what Will's drinking. We will shame it. If I'm drinking water because I'm trying to hydrate, shame him. Chai tea Boring. latte. Yes. With, boom. Yes. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm, mm -hmm. whatever it is, I'm waiting for the day I don't get shamed for what I drink. 
It'll probably be the day that you stop producing this podcast. So, uh, FYI. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to stop being bullied, stop uh, true, inviting true. inviting people to join you for a conversation. <laughs> this is true, and I this I've learned they don't only bully you when you're friends. So yeah, it's usually it's all in love. It's all tongue in cheek and very very friendly. Um, I just finished. I they don't have it next to me, but those um. There are the aha bubbly sparkly waters and it was lemon mm. blackberry. I think it was like a limited God, edition. So they had it weird. at Aldi. So um that's what I had. And I have some fresh apple juice. Like, the, like not lemon apple blackberry cider. taste doesn't like always sounds like it's a weird combination, but you guys like apparently you guys love that. It's like, good. It's good. Lemon blackberry though, the aha, the actual reason I stopped drinking that brand, I bought it at Target once. Uh that's what we have out here on the rock. And it exploded in my car. And the scent of lemon blackberry was so crazy concentrated that I was like, there's no way this is a natural flavor. Those <laughs> like natural flavors in quotes. I love the jokes about LaCroix of like that LaCroix tastes like when you drive past when you're in a car and you're drinking water and like a strawberry truck drives past your car and you can just get a whiff of it. That's what LaCroix tastes like. <laughs> I love the running memes and jokes about uh, LaCroix flavoring. Um, I never yeah. thought about that. A whiff yeah, of the I'm truck. In Event Brew, we are like, a, the. it's the same thing, but it was like a truck of manure with event planners on it. <laughs> <laughs> on brand, on brand. In, in that light, Ariana, um, so I when I was young, I started giving my mom pedicures and like, that's just like her love language now, whenever she'll be like, give me a pedicure. And she has this, um, she has this lotion from bed, bath and bath and body works. It's like lavender chamomile. Um, but I've only used it while I'm giving her pedicures. And now it's, sort of, I cannot use that lotion because in my mind, it smells like feet. It doesn't smell like feet. <laughs> Because I connotate it with pedicures, it's like, oh, that smells disgusting, you know? Hey, so. hey you, I, I, I'm offended that you said only to Ariana. I've gone a pedicure before, so I can find that joke funny, okay? So. Well, I was just mentioning since she was talking about the okay. rank association. The car oh, association. Yeah. So that's oh, where right. that thought uh, process came up. Sure, right, um, sure, sure. So <laughs> to, to totally turn left from that conversation about feet smells and um, lemon blackberry uh, residual smells in our car. Um, we've got a great listener question today to kind of kick off our conversation. Um, this question comes from Anna Solis Andrade. I really hope I am not mispronouncing your name, uh, Anna. And um, Anna says, one question with measuring an events ROI. Say the event was successful and reached all goals, objectives, and made the host more money. What a dream that like, happens all the time, right? Everything was reached. We made all the money. The surveys came back a hundred percent success. What would you say is the next step for the next event? As in, would it be making the event bigger and bigger year after year, inviting the same amount of people, but trying to reach a larger dollar amount? Basically, Anna's saying, if we reach all of our objectives and goals, what's the next step for increasing uh, basically moving out the, the goalpost of where we need to reach for success. That's a great question. Cause I don't know that any of us have ever had that. That's a really good problem to have. Yeah. Um, I know I'm sure some of us have had events where we've hit our profit margins, but maybe they're 
we maybe didn't hit a attendee count or maybe we hit attendee count, but our costs were exceeded in, in our budget line. Or maybe, you know, everyone was really satisfied, but we didn't reach our revenue goal, whatever that looks like. It's, it's very rare. I don't know that I've ever in my 15 years of events hit a point, hit a point where all eject objectives were met 100% A plus, um, come close, but I've never reached that pinnacle. So I feel like this is like a dream scenario for most of us. So I'm going to kick it to Ariana, what, what your first thoughts are with that question. You know, I have two first thoughts. Am I allowed to do that? Yeah, they're up there. They're like tag teaming for the two first thoughts. My very first thought was, do you need to? Do you need to make it bigger and better? Like, and why? And that like, that kind of goes in a separate category because that just sort of like, what is the why behind wanting to make it bigger and better? Like, what's the intention there? And then the, my other reaction is like, I'm not 100% sure how to wrap my brain around this because every single event I finish with this feeling that like, oh, these are the three things that like, we didn't by any measures miss them, but I know that there's more to do here. Right. There's, yeah, like I'm still excited about trying this new thing and mm -hmm. pushing the envelope in this way because I can see how it's going to bring value. And so for me, it's like, I guess who are you making it better for and why are you making it better for your sponsors, for your attendees, for your, for your, you know, core organization, for the production crew, like who are we making this better for and why? And that would help me look at the next categories of like where I wanted to seek improvement. I, I mean, but like, how does, Will, how's the question hit you? Like when you, cause I was just like, well, well shit, that'd be a great position to be in like <laughs> yeah. 10 out of 10 in all categories. But I, so it's like, I don't even quite know how to go there. You know, like, it's really interesting that this question gets posed. I actually have a, a differing idea when it comes to this. And it was ironic that we literally talked about this on the Event Tech podcast, but related to budgets. And we were talking about the idea that so often, you know, when it comes to our events, we're always trying to, like, grow and grow and grow. And I relate to this in the sense of business because, you know, like, my entrepreneurial journey started in college – surrounded by a bunch of college entrepreneurs. They're all about grow. You're the next Steve Jobs. You're the next Elon Musk. And then I joined Entrepreneurs Organization, which is very driven on like, you have to grow your revenue or die, you know? And I kind of came to this realization. I was like, I, as a business, I didn't really want to grow anymore. I was like, I'd rather be okay running a small business that doesn't really, really change. And so I think the thing that when it comes to this too, is that like, what I would challenge someone is if they're hitting all their KPIs and everything like that, it's like you don't have to grow or die like too. And I think like a lot of that comes from like the Silicon Valley tech mindset of like, yeah, we got to grow. But like, to be honest, like if you had a super successful year, just do it again. And like, I think you will naturally grow. And honestly, I think you will also naturally have people come and attend. And I think that we don't have to be in this mindset like, oh my God, growth, 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 like crazy. So part of me also when it comes to this and my immediate gut reaction is, do you need to grow? Is that necessary at this point? That's super interesting that you also are like immediately questioning the need. Deanna, does that, does that ring for you? Like, well, yeah, I, I think, I think the first thing is like the, the, the point about reaching all goals and objectives, 
because I think, again, I'm just coming out of an event and we were debriefing. So I'm kind of in that mindset of circling back to what did we set out to do? What did we actually do? Where did we meet the mark? Where did we fall short? And so when I think about goals and objectives, if you're circling back to that, all of those things were met. Do those need to change? Right? Do they need to change for your audience? Do they need to change for your stakeholders? Do they need to change for you, the 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 organizing team, right? If the goals and objectives don't need any changing, if they're good and you've met them, status quo is absolutely fine. Um, it, it, yeah, it's a great question of, it's almost like a, a therapy question. Like, well, why is there the need for growth? Yeah, if it's not coming the... from your stakeholders, yeah, like if it's not coming from your audience, is this a personal development question of yeah. like, Are why you, you feel the need to do that? Are you bored? <laughs> Maybe you Are need you... a new job, right? <laughs> Maybe it's not the event and you need it. And that, that's a very real question. I think for me, um, you know, for the first 75% of my career up until today, I worked in a lot of flat organizations so, and either was like, I was the event department or a very small event department. So there wasn't really room for either lateral growth. There wasn't room for vertical growth. So when I outgrew those roles, I had to leave and go to another job. So I think it could also be like the career conversation and the career projection of like, maybe you're just bored and this isn't a challenge anymore. And that's okay. You have reached the pinnacle at this place and maybe you need to make that next step. Well, that like you're hitting very close to my That's heart because I'm I'm really having to look at my own at my own analysis of how we're moving forward in the next year, realizing that like in many ways attendees are perfectly satisfied and I could rinse and repeat, but I would feel like we had still failed to prove some value in some categories. So kind of balancing that and figuring out like which pieces of this are ego. Like what am I wanting to do? Because I think I can and it would be cool. And would it really be cool? And part of me is like, yes, I want to stay on top. Like we are right now, we are producing the most engaged, most high quality event of its type in the digital sphere. And our NPS is off the charts. So why, like, what is my, why do I want to keep risking? And for me, it's that I see the excitement from the attendees with these new modes of connection that we facilitated. And I, and this community of women is so excited by the celebration that our event represents for them that, yes, I do want to keep pushing the envelope. But you mentioned like how how there's like a piece here that's really about examining the goals and like that feels really true. Like maybe it's about refining, you know, and and refining and looking at quality rather than quantity to Will's point, like does it need to be bigger? Or is it really narrowing in on on which attendees you're targeting and the level of content that you're bringing and the quality of sponsors that are coming and whether or not their values are aligned with the objectives of your event and getting closer and closer to that? I don't know. I mean, that's just like, that's what I'm thinking about in terms of improvement that that really taps into intentionality and why. Mm. I also think of impact and the impact that your event has not just again on your attendees and your stakeholders but on the community especially if it's an in-person physical event is this a situation where hey the core event is going to remain the same 
because my attendees are happy. The community is happy. I think there's something to be said for, you know, there's a lot of, you go to comic cons and you go to conventions as Wolf can probably attest to, what do they always have? They always have autograph signings and appearances. That doesn't change. Like those are rinse and repeat things that those communities go to those events specifically for. So I think there's something to be said for keeping some things that your community, that kind of anchor that event and anchor your community to it. But also thinking for how this event can impact the broader physical community in which that, that experience is held. You know, whether it's donating um, food that's not used, thinking about the sustainability of the event. If it's a for-profit event, are there nonprofit partners that we can give a, uh, a portion of the proceeds because we're hitting our revenue like crazy and we want to add maybe a, a triple or quadruple bottom line to also kind of expand how this, how this event impacts others outside of, you know, our specific community and our niche. So I think instead of necessarily the event and the, the organization of it and uh, the, the logistics there, we can also look at outside the, the greater realm of like, all right, who else are we impacting? How are we touching the lives of the vendors that are working this event? How can we diversify our vendors? How can we um, make our event a little more sustainable? Things like that, that don't necessarily impact um, the experience for those involved, but maybe it's a way for you to challenge yourself um, and feel better about the impact that it leaves. Well, and it's a way to do more good rather than just doing more. Right, right. Sometimes it's not about the quantity, uh, it's more about the quality. Um, and and again, we're, we're creating experiences and I think sometimes we get so mired in lo the logistics and the day-to-day, -day, but big picture, zooming out, what is the impact this program is leaving mm -hmm. on all the lives that it touches and the full 360 kind of uh, <clears throat> economy of those who touch this this event in some way, shape, or fashion. I got a curveball, two curveballs. <laughs> oh, no. In hot. And he's and he's twiddling, <laughs> he's twiddling the hair, so I feel like he's being extra mischievous. I'm, I'm thinking that's my new fidget. It used to be the beard, and I got away from the beard, and now it's like now I have this like the, spot in my hair. hair that like I just keep grabbing. <laughs> um, yeah, shit, bad habits. Um, so my, one question I would pose too is, if you're hitting all your goals, like, did you set your goals too low? Like, my question would be, how did you achieve the goal in like? the 90th percentile of like planning or did you hit your ticket sales goal like within five minutes that's what i'd say like that's why i always like to say think when it comes to these goals like how quickly did you achieve them because it should be a little bit of a like your goal should be just a little bit of a stretch you know when it comes to it so that's why i think about the the goals too is like to your guys's point like it also might be that your goals are just too low too you know and i, I think, think that, that goes go ahead go ahead ariana I just was going to argue with, you know, ROI as, you know, being the be all and end all of events as a whole, because events are experiences and those are hard as hell to measure. And they're also long tail experiences. So understanding the impact and the, and the true like measure of the event can take years to realize. And mm -hmm. it's realized sure. in a like real life way. That's not always going to pop up on paper. I love, um, it's uh, Liz Lathan and Nicole, I think it's O.C. Bodu. I may have butchered her last name. Sorry, Nicole. Um, but with uh, Hot Dokimazo, and I think they have just changed the name of their community-based brand. 
but they created this um, metric of return on emotion and essentially um, looking at how an event impacts people that's not a, like a typical ROI metric and how they walk away different, how they felt inspired, engaged, connected. And I think there's five different metrics they have involved with that. Um, and when they launched that, I was like, this is genius because that's essentially what we're doing. We are either entertaining, we're educating, we're connecting, we're inspiring, motivating. That's what these experiences do. So we've got to measure the emotions that people are walking away with, the impact that they're leaving with, because those memories and how they engaged with the event and the people there is all they'll take away at the end of the day. Like, okay, yeah, you'll have some swag. You may have some educational materials in hand. You may have some physical mementos, but the feelings that you had while you were there, the feelings that you left with, the change that took place in you personally, whether again, it was just you learned something, you were inspired, you're motivated, you made a life change as a result. Those are the things that one, cause repeat attendance, especially for anything that any type of community where um, it's not a one-off event, it's a recurring event, you want attendees to repeat attend. Those That impact is what is gonna make them sign up and register and pay that money or go to their boss and ask for that investment. Um, and so I think it's a fair thing to evaluate like the literal impact we're having on the individual and not just, you know, scale of one to 10, how was this speaker? I mean, th those are great yeah. things to know too, but how did you, how did your attendees leave this event and did they leave it better than they came? I'll pile on to that. I think like if you're hitting your goals and stuff like that, like to understand that truly, go and talk to your attendees, like offer like to go buy them coffee or whatever it is and like have a long conversation with them and be like, hey, like, so what does this event mean to you? And I think that will inspire you to like, what's the next level that you need to go to? You know, like you might also then get some feedback that it's not coming through on your surveys too. So, so you know, you talk to that attendee has been coming three, four years in a row. Yeah, like it could be huge on there. User interviews plus one plus two hundred plus seven million. Um, I'm actually I've been I've spent a couple days like deep deep in the edit cave right now editing a lot of community testimonials and I'm recognizing that it is hearing in people's words from their mouths the impact and the impact over time and how they've told their friends and how they you know they found a job based on this job posting that came out of the event and and so yes talking to people and and I think. On the same kind of note, like rather than assuming or trying to make up your own next set of like envelope pushing goals, going to each stakeholder group and asking how we can do better. I yeah. I, I don't know if this is going to be the, the, the lasting thing I leave in the industry or maybe not, but the post-event survey process is like one thing that I have kicked, been kicking and screaming my whole career on um, in terms of how we go about that. Um, I feel like we don't do enough actual benchmarking year on year. Lot, you know, half the times the surveys change. We're asking questions that we don't actually look at the responses after. We don't, we don't, um, you know, I I'm a believer that when you do an event survey, any type of survey, you're going to have outliers. You're going to have really high, awesome remarks. You're going to have really negative you know, you look in the center, you look for commonalities, you look for themes, you look for trends. And that's, you know, kind of, the things that you should be keying in on in terms of changes you need to make or upgrades. Um, and what I find is there's a lot of times where you may have 
25% of your audience is asking for something. So it's worth paying attention to. And the stakeholders have do not care at all. And that's, that's fine. That's their, that's their prerogative, but I am a valid, I'm a big believer in don't ask a question that you're not going to listen to. You're not going to respond to. You're not going to, it's not going to input in the end. Um, I think if we ask, if we really were planning to do that, 50% of our questions would come off of our surveys, first of all. Mm. Secondly, I do agree with the, you know, how often do we do focus groups and one-on-one interviews to get more of like that qualitative research, to get more of the context behind what people are saying. Um, what I find is um, on surveys, people are either more bold than they would be in person or less bold than they would be in person. It's very rare that people are just kind of on the spot. What they say in, in writing is what they would say in person. And so I think um, really looking at our evaluation process of how we're evaluating an event, what questions we're asking to get back at those objectives and goals, like how are we using this to kind of circle back to did we meet what we set out to do? Um, and also just using different methods to get that information is just love to see a little bit more creative creativity with that in our industry and more diversity partnering with more you know marketing firms marketing research firms people that they do this for products they do this for software and and other experiences but i don't feel like i've seen it enough in our industry of like really getting um a diverse array of feedback on your experiences well and to that end i think also doing outreach to groups that we're not hearing from you know, underrepresented voices that we need to be hearing from that for whatever reason or whatever, you know, 7 million years of historical reasons might not be offering voices in the, through the standard channels and creating, creating safe spaces for multiple modes of feedback so that we can figure out, you know, who is really responding to these and, and are we holistically meeting the needs of our communities? I think also asking people outside of your circles too, like, right? Like asking the people who maybe attend a conference that's like yours and asking them like, why do you go this? Why don't you go to like my conference and asking them that and you might hear some really surprising things. Cause I think sometimes it's also really easy to like get in an echo chamber too. You know, everyone's like, yeah, everything's great. I love this conference, blah, blah, blah. But then you talk to someone outside and they're like, oh, I just don't like that it's in the Northwest or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, the dissenters are good ones or not even necessarily the dissenters, but the people that have opted out are always a good cohort to get some information from because understanding why, you know, is it cost location? Is it that um, it's not accessible? That's a huge thing. I feel like that's really gaining traction. In our industry finally is like addressing physical neurodiversity needs, things of, you know, that I don't even think pre COVID was on horizon, but just being more conscious of the diverse array of people that come to events and experiences and designing it with everyone in mind so that everyone can find a way to tap in. For example, um, I went to a networking event last night and one of the sponsors was um, this place called Q's Corner and it's essentially a playground, right? It's an indoor playground. Um, and you could say that it's for people with limited physical, mental, diver you know, uh, neurodiverse needs, but she marketed it as it's for people of all abilities. And you can just, you can engage with our space in whatever way that your body is able to engage with it. And if we were able to create our events that way, that they are built, that however you come, you can engage with it. It doesn't matter 
whatever your um, limitations may be, physical or otherwise, um, and creating that for that um, that need. The other thing I'm thinking about too is if we're meeting all of our objectives, we're hitting everything off the mark, is there also a need for maybe zooming out and thinking a little bit more big picture of where is this industry going in the next five years? Where is our organization going in the next five years? And like using that as an opportunity to like take the foot off the gas for the interim and do some big picture strategy building on, you know, okay, in three years, this is how we should be shifting this event. But the next two iterations are going to look like this. Um, here's partners that we should be um, trying to partner with, or this industry is about to explode. We know that we're going to start needing to look at different cities that can accommodate a citywide of our nature. Like if we're reaching all of our objectives and goals and probably exceeding them a little bit, is it a time to zoom out and look big picture of how is this event going to maybe fundamentally change? How is our audience going to change? Our stakeholders going to change? And start kind of pre-planning for those kind of more macro trends that, again, we get lost in the day-to-day. -day. We may not have time to really delve into that. That's brilliant. <laughs> Mic drop. I don't, I don't need that. I think, I think that's smart, super smart. I, I, you know, the, along the lines of what you're saying, zooming out, um, I think beyond a individual event is also zooming out to what the related activations are and looking at pre and post and how we're extending that experience. And I know that like community is such a hot word right now. Events 365 yeah, is yeah, such a hot word right yeah. now. And you know, and it's Club hot for the for event props community. No, it's <laughs> hot for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, can we just take a minute? Event profs community. Why are you not in it? Product placement. It? Yeah, yeah, why aren't you here? Come on. <laughs> Insert <laughs> ad read. <laughs> but it's hot because it's true. I think the pandemic pushed us all into this space where we really realized that like not only are none of us one off, but nothing is one off. And so looking at connectivity and and looking at you know, expanding beyond a singular, maybe in-person event to, you know, what the, what those digital modes of access point are, what the, mm -hmm. the continued connectivity is. Is there a LinkedIn group or a Facebook group related to it where conversations and, and, and connections can be facilitated? Um, is the event app, are, are your folks adopting to it um, in a way that they could be making connections before your physical event so that you're having, you're expediting relationship building when at the event? So I think there's like, I don't know who is meeting their, all of their, you know, goals. I know that I'm continually refining mine. And one of them isn't just like how many folks downloaded the event app, but like, did we have good engagement in it? Ooh. So I want to build upon your idea that you had to about yours is actually, I think more legit, like look at the community aspect of it, but like, it, and this contradicts my like, Maybe you don't need a scale, but maybe you now is the time to scale. If you're hitting all your goals, maybe it's time to go from one event to two events. And if you're already, if all your events and you have multiple events are all hitting their goals, you're probably like your strategy is just absolutely crushing it. And like, God, kudos to you. But I think for a lot of people, they get to like one event and they're, okay, well, how do I go to two? And I think you see this a lot, like across lots of different events. You see like, uh, for example, uh, PAX is a great example. It went from just one single PAX conference to PAX East and PAX West, right? You see like with a lot of music festivals, they do one and then they start popping the cities all around the world. Like how can you maybe 
scale what you've already put in and the thinking you've already put in to then scale it up and reach even more people. Or I think Ariana, your point's better is like, Hey, maybe we can incorporate digital into this. Maybe we can incorporate a community into this. But, you know, I think that all builds upon the idea of like, Hey, just scaling up what you're trying to do. And, you know, I think as long as you can make it low risk, um, as possible, you know, you don't take down the bit, the successful event by doing another event, you can be really, really successful at starting to duplicate your efforts. To your point, like we have, you know, the organization that I'm with currently, Women of Product, we've evolved from one annual conference, a flagship conference, where that was literally the only activation that we as HQ facilitated to uh, enter pandemic, enter virtual space. We now have an annual conference, which is continues to be our moneymaker. That's what pays the bills. That's what we're really known for. But we now have 24 other engagements throughout the year that see more than the number of attendees that the conference has as a whole. So I think, and they're available to very different people that are necessarily attending our conference. And they're, they're spoken of by different people and they're sponsored by different people. So enhancing your offerings and, and pushing into new areas also, I think it, it like beyond just bigger, beyond just more quality, it's also deeper and more holistic, if that makes any kind of sense. I agree. Yeah, I know what you're saying. This love- this is a, a great conversation, and I want to thank Anna uh, for prompting this question. Um, but for, before we close, I kind of want to uh, go up to Will and Ariana. What's one area, because again, I think Anna asked a very kind of um, perfect world scenario. Everything is good. We're hitting all the goals, and that's really not you know, everyday life for most of us. But what's one area that you two are really pushing on across your event portfolios, a will across your event clients that mm-hmm. you are pushing to improve um, consistently across events? Um, for me, it's it's all about efficiencies. Um, so for example, um, small example of this is making sure that we have the, the best technologies in place to be able to accomplish this, right? Like, you know, for example, we've been using a lot of platforms. Well, now, you know, Zoom is coming out with even more Zoom event stuff. It's like, hey, let's make sure we're watching this so we can know if this is a more efficient way of what we're trying to accomplish. Oh, hey, this has a new effic- uh, integration with this software. We're going to do that. Then, but also too, like, you know, for example, I'm constantly looking at like, Hey, does it like, you know, I talked about like my crush the box idea of like getting rid of catering. Maybe it makes sense to be efficient to save that budget by eliminating that catering and exploring a new idea. So I think always trying to think like efficiently. And I think also too, when it comes to people too, it's like, you know, if my team size is this size, can we accomplish this? You know, was the light, was the lighting person sitting twiddling their thumbs most of the time? Do we really need that lighting person next time? Or can this person do that role too? Hey, we had two event managers, one managing the breakouts and one managing the GS. Hey, what if we, with our new schedule redesign, does it make sense to get with one? So I, I'm always constantly looking at those kind of efficiency ways because I look at like mm-hmm. a business and my clients' a budgets like a business too. Um, and that's kind of where I think my head immediately jumps to with that question. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say that for us and for how I'm looking at this next year, next couple of years, it's really about diversification of of our attendee group in terms of every demo measure, but also in terms of getting, you know, more, uh, more representation across industries, more representation across experience levels, um, 
because we are a community facilitating event, it's really important for people to see other folks with lived experience that is uh, similar to theirs. If we're looking to be inspired, we often need to see someone who we can relate to in some way. So making sure that our our speakers are representing our community and that our attendees have access points, whether that's online or in person, um, and, and that our sponsors are truly also representative across a range of industries and that we're reaching our startup folks and that we're reaching our folks who might have a, a organization that's East Coast as opposed to West Coast, but sort of across every measure seeing, are we, are we as inclusive as we can be and where do we need to do better? Yeah, I'll piggyback on that, Ariana, <clears throat> but in a more niche way, um, I'm, I'm thinking about um, like event content and the, the delivery methods um, uh, and how we reach people of all abilities, people of all backgrounds, people of, you know, that, that have various uh, ethnicities that come with different gender expressions, how we are creating content experiences um, designed with everyone in mind um, and just really honing in on um, inclusivity and accessibility and equity, but really from like niche space of like content and the different delivery methods, you know, for entertainment versus inspiration versus education and whatever those goals and objectives are, how do we deliver it in a way that meets the audience that's, you know, going to be present for that event? That's, I think that's something that I'm kind of really leaning on. And I do want to shout out um, Megan Henschel with uh, Google and um, the new project. Uh, they're, you know, basically really kind of cutting edge research on neurodiversity when it comes to events, particularly. So if you haven't checked out uh, that project and what she's doing with that, definitely check out Megan. She's on LinkedIn and very active there. She's on um, event icons yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. She has an episode on event icons. So definitely check that out. Another ad placement, another product placement. <laughs> <laughs> We've had everybody on every show at this point. <laughs> At this point, what wait? What's your handle on on LinkedIn? Will the guy you see at events oh, the, and all the, the podcasts? The guy you see speaking about the future of events everywhere. Right, and then, <laughs> so, and at a certain point, all the event industry people that you know will have been on a podcast hosted by Will. Uh, uh, hello, endless. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of uh, Event Brew. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much, Anna, for submitting your question. If you would like your question, comment, concern to be addressed on our show, send an email to eventbrew at helloendless.com. We'll add it to the, the queue and maybe you'll hear your question uh, on a future episode. With that, thanks for listening and um, pull up for another episode next week. Boop, boop. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head over to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode, ask a follow-up question, or tell us what topics you want to hear covered. See you next time on Event Brew.